welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. This is the Camden Fringe Pod. Today we have an improv special. We are going to be talking to three of the many acts, I think there's 20, at the Camden Fringe that are doing an improvised show. Who are these acts you speak of? First up, we have... Ad Libretto. You know, the filling of our sandwich, our city impro. And then we're following up with the Just Us League, who are doing their show, Nothing, Nowhere, None of the Time. All the shows will be plugged better than that at the end of each interview. So three different impro shows. Surely all impro shows are the same. Oh, no. oh as you're going to discover, there are many different types. So the first is a long form musical improv show. Mm-hmm. In the middle, we've got some like short little games in a combative improv show. And then finally, the last one is a two-prov, which is just two people. And it has a theme and a structure, but it's pretty loose. Wow. I actually found myself thinking I'd quite like to do some improv while we were talking to everyone. What did you think? I thought I would really love to do some improv. Well, let's do some now. Maybe um maybe next year we could do our own show finally. Um let's let's see. Okay. Um right, think of a think of a a place. Um a caravan. Think about um a time of year. Autumn. Okay, let's start. Hi Michelle, what are you doing in my caravan? Oh, I was just a bit nippy because it's autumn outside and I've only got a short-sleeved T-shirt on. I needed a jumper and I thought you might have one in your caravan. I don't. Could you please leave? I'm on a writing retreat. Yes, and I will leave. <laughs> Thank you. End scene. Pretty easy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we should definitely do our own show next year. <laughs> right, uh, listen up to the experts. Thank you, James, for joining us from Ad Libretto. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to be here. So you did Camden Fringe last year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And you're back again this year. That's right. We uh, we can't get enough of the Camden Fringe. I love how it's built up over the years and uh, just seems to be going from strength to strength. Ad Libretto, similarly, going from strength to strength. You're a long form improv group. Yeah, that's right. So um, can dive a little bit into about our format. So we put on improvised musicals taking a suggestion from the audience around their life now and and what they aspired to be when uh, they were a small child. And we kind of mash up those two things and uh, create these new worlds where where they could have lived in, what what they could have been, uh, and so on and so forth. All of the music, the lyrics, the songs, the scenes are improvised. We've got no idea what we're doing uh, until we get on stage. Improvising... A musical, that must have quite a few challenges. Do you have musicians with you as well? Uh, Yes, so we have a wonderfully uh, talented pianist who has been doing this for years and years and years. And it's really amazing to see him just start riffing, just just start playing some melodies. And it's, it's actually quite subconscious because he's following us on stage singing whatever we're singing. And, um... He might throw in a certain chord sequence and afterwards he'll be like, oh, did you notice I did this? We'd be like, no, 
oh, but you followed on uh, quite happily. So there's definitely something subconscious going on in the brain where the brain goes, oh, we're in, we're in this key now, cool, um, let's do it. So yeah, it's very strange how you just, you just don't notice these things and, uh, and the pianist takes care of you. This pianist sounds like a very good find. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, we kind of know each other from the improv community as well. I think this happens quite a lot. It's how we started as well, where improvisers might do a course together or, or, or meet up at the Miller, one of the improv hubs, as it were, where, where Hoopla are based. And you just get chatting and you're like, oh, what if, what if we did this new thing, this new show? And uh, it's one of those where everyone seems to know everyone. Do you find with the musicals, do you find that you sometimes slip into songs or sort of parodies of existing songs from musicals? Interesting question. So I, I definitely had that nervousness before. But when the musician is kind of playing a chord sequence for you, unless it just so happens to be exactly the, the chord sequence, the rhythm and the timing of something that happens to be on your mind, it's, it really doesn't happen ever, really, I don't think. I, I can't recall anywhere where I was like, oh, I'm definitely singing that because... The, the music just kind of doesn't allow you to and forcing yourself to adapt to adapt a song you already know to music you don't is is often harder than just making up something else and are you all really good singers uh my colleagues are yes <laughs> <laughs> so who are your colleagues how many of you are there in ad libretto yeah, so there'll be uh, of, uh, six of us at the, at the Camden Fringe, so five players and our musician. What's really cool, actually, is uh, you know, touching on the, the various singing abilities. Is um, One of our strengths we like to play is you know, we have a lot of cool harmonies going on. We wanted to make it a little bit more kind of music first. So um, we've not only done kind of impro nights, we've done some music open mic nights as well. So we're kind of trying to fit the bill so there's something to enjoy on, on both sides. A few of us are very much, you know, classically trained and, uh, and are phenomenal singers. Um, yeah, I, I am less so, but I, I'd like to think I bring an enthusiasm, let's say. And have you ever come up with an idea that you think this is so good we want to develop it into an actual new musical? Interesting, because funnily enough, number one, you quite often forget what on earth you just did. Your brain is so far into, into thinking about, okay, what's the next rhyme? What was that chorus? I've got to remember the chorus again for when it comes around. What's my scene partner doing? Are we thinking about choreography? So, yeah, it's, it's very rare that after the fact, I think, let's do a new musical out of that. And the other thing to note is that because there's a lot of, you know, in-joke and little scenes you play off of just what the audience members have said and what's previously gone on in the night. I think looking back on it, if you're watching it again, you'd be like, oh, what's, what's this? this? Why is everyone laughing? This sounds weird. It doesn't stand the test of time then. <laughs> no, no. So we, we advertise, oh, it's, it's a one-off new musical. It's uh, one-off for a reason. But no, no, in the, in the moments, it's really cool. And I think that, that personal touch to it really enhances the, the kind of live enjoyment of it for, for us as well. And you said about doing choreography. That's something that it hadn't occurred to me that you would even delve into so you do do a bit of dancing as well yeah absolutely i think starting off when you're when you're trying to get a foothold you're always thinking about oh okay I've got the the songs and the lyrics and the plots have got to be great and then slowly but surely you notice that just doing a bunch of dance moves in the background can be 
just as funny as uh, as the main thing. You know, a, a classic scene, say a um, an audience member wants to be a fireman or something like that. We're doing a lovely scene about putting out fires. And yeah, the song is lovely. But if you've got me in the background pretending to be a fire and waving my arms about everywhere and eventually getting put out, Certainly the, the dynamic of that and doing this lovely ballad about putting out a fire when the fire's running around on stage. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very satisfying to do. There's always there's always that extra element to what earth is going on. I'm not sure, but I love it. And how do you prepare for putting on an improvised musical? Do you have to work together quite a lot to work out what your strengths and weaknesses are? How much kind of preparation has to go into it? Definitely one of the things is just getting comfortable with, with your scene partner. And we definitely don't do anything along the lines of you're going to do a slow song, you're going to do a fast song. Because again, it, it's, it's weird how it works out, but it is just about in that moment, your character, whoever they happen to be, what fits the scene. And that's far, far better and funnier than anything you could prepare. In terms of rehearsals, we do very typical improv rehearsal practices just practicing scenes accepting offers you know finding and trying to build to that emotional moment and uh, you know rhyming games to keep yourself on it in terms of rhyming and then we stray into genres try a ballad try a slow song try a fast song can't promise anything there may be some rap in uh, in this year's edition well, it sounds like brilliant fun. So where are you on this year? So at the Museum of Comedy on the 20th and 21st of August, uh, Sunday, Monday. What time? 7pm. Uh, where can you buy tickets? You can buy tickets on the Camden Fringe website, obviously. Also on the Museum of Comedy website directly. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all the socials. We are at Adlibretto everywhere and uh, also on adlibretto.com. Hi, Alistair and Svava. Thank you for joining us from is it City Improv or City Impro? Uh, City Impro, yeah. We keep it fun by not being consistent with whether we call it Impro or Improv. So it's City Impro presents Improv Deathmatch. City Impro have been doing Improv Deathmatch for quite a few years at the Camden Fringe. Yes, so it's seven years. So we did our very first one in 2015. Had a bit of a break with uh, COVID in 2020. But yeah, I think this is now our seventh year that we're bringing the show to Camden Fringe. So do you want to explain the format to us? The whole idea of Improv Deathmatch, it's two teams going to battle to see who can make the audience laugh hardest. It's all improvised. We have a referee who oversees the proceedings and every round we have points being scored and the audience decides the ultimate champion. It's extremely emotional. Uh, I take it very seriously. It can be brutal, but also very, very funny. Who gets to be the referee? David Price is our referee. He sort of oversees everything. He keeps it very straight-laced. And, and one of the things we really encourage in the show is for the, the teams where they feel he's been unfair to highlight that and get and give him some stick as well. So the whole concept we wanted was we wanted a show where it felt like you were sort of watching this epic sports match. And we really get the audience to get behind the teams. We sort of create this high energy to it. And the Aces where we do it mostly is this fantastic venue because it's lovely and compact and you have the audience sort of right in your face and what level of preparation goes into the show we have a 
of rough structure and we know generally uh, sort of the first game, the last game and some of the games we're going to play in the middle. What we then tend to do is because each show is different, we then sort of change up some of those middle games and we tend to play games that the performers who are performing that show like playing and are good at playing and it just keeps it fresh for us as well by changing the games and it's not you know someone can come and see a show on the friday and it'll be a completely different show to what you'd see on the saturday because we've changed up a lot of the games in addition to changing up the games actually the teams change i might be a captain one night and then i might be the referee the next night and then i might be on a different team just as a player the the night after that you know and then we might have people who uh, can make it one night and can't make it the, the next it is in a very real sense a, a brand new show every time so you could come see every show at the Kevin Fringe and you get a new show do you all get together and do improv throughout the year and do other shows throughout the year oh uh, yeah we do yeah so we we do some rehearsals for deathmatch sort of around this time each year as we sort of get back into it but we also we do other fringes where we do some other shows and then we also do sort of rehearsals uh throughout the year a couple of years ago we did a show called laugh island which was based on love island so we really rehearsed that sort of quite intensively over many months by watching uh, a lot of love island uh, episodes until we all went crazy uh, <laughs> uh but so, so saying like that we rehearsed a lot because you're really sort of fixed on saying Whereas improv deathmatch, it's very much we just rehearse sort of games and and sort of the key format points really. And the thing with an improv rehearsal is it is really just doing more improv. It, it's more akin to like a sports training than it is a, a theatre rehearsal because it is just really sort of exercising a type of muscle, if you will. What would you say to anyone who was listening to this and you know listening to all the different kinds of improv and thinking that they would like to get involved? The first bit of advice is go ahead, do it. It is so much fun. Improv is just, it's it's such a lovely, welcoming community. There's so many good places you can go to to learn the improv skills and you will have so much fun learning them uh, that you will sort of realise, you know, once you've finished it, why didn't I do this sort of five or ten years before? I think the other thing I would say to people is that it's one of those things where it, also not just helps you sort of in your you know personal life you get to do shows like this but it's also a great thing just for day-to-day sort of life so the whole improv attitude is yes and and there's been lots of sort of books and things written about sort of taking a positive attitude uh and yeah improv is just one of those things where you know you can't plan and it teaches you how to sort of react and and also it teaches you lots of other skills like how to really sort of be in a moment and how to listen carefully and how to really be engaged with people which uh, i mean i found a lot of them have helped me at work i mean everything that alistair said i agree with emphatically i got into improv when i moved to washington dc and didn't have any friends and it was such an incredibly welcoming community and that's you know the folks i met there are my friends to this day uh and the same when i moved back to london in 2012 you know, some of my best friends are, are are people I've met through the improv community. It's such a pure expression of teamwork, like Alistair alluded to with the sort of that ethos of uh, yes and where you sort of accept uh, what people are saying and, and add to it. You know, you discover it at the same time as the audience and, and the audience is such an active participant in, this, in the form of giving suggestions that I couldn't possibly have prepared for. But again, then nor would I want to. I want that experience of, of discovery and, and, and play that's so pure about improv. 
everyone says improv must be scary how do you know what to say whereas actually you just react so you don't need to do any other thinking other than that and that's the real joy you know you're not worrying about oh am I saying the right line at this point am I reacting in the way that you know I've been told to by the director in improv all of that is just completely you know off the top of your head and it's really freeing in that respect you don't have to worry about you know am I in the right place because you are in the right place because that's where you are at that time most wonderful moments we've had in a show are where someone says something completely off the top of their head in reaction to something and the audience will burst out laughing at it and you're kind of like well you wouldn't have been able to script that and I think audiences really enjoy watching people sort of discover something along those lines actually the the sort of contradictory thing if I'm trying to give advice to someone who wants to learn improv is that while you are putting on a comedy show and we do want the audience to laugh that is the goal there's actually not any pressure to be funny or say funny things, if that makes sense. Like, because you don't have to spend mental energy being clever or coming up with jokes. The situation will be funny and you will be funny without really trying. It's what Alistair said. You react truthfully uh, and the f- the funny bits will come without me having to worry about saying something terribly clever. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the Camden Fringe programme but we have 20 different improv shows on. I wondered if there were any that you would particularly recommend or ones that you're excited to see yourself. I should plug the other show that I'm in, so Gamay's TV Pilots. This show has been on for a few years at the Camden Fringe, and I've always assumed it's called Games, but it's Gamay's. Yeah, no, it's Gamay's, yeah. I thought it was Games. So that's one with the TV Pilots. Yes, yes. It's, again, lots of sort of different setups that they're all different TV shows that the audience is providing suggestions for. So there's all different genres. So there's like a police proceed um show there's a blind dates dating show set up and then there's some other uh pieces where we do a period drama yeah actually uh, i'd like to recommend uh one show which is the one called nothing nowhere none of the time which is a, a duo that, that are very good friends of ours gary and javier and uh, they're absolutely fantastic we have an interview with them coming up just after you it's absolutely great like when we first did camden fringe all those years ago i think there was four or five different improv shows and you know we were really worried because you know would people come and watch improv but to now sort of have 20 or so shows at the fringe it's absolutely amazing one of the things i really love about improv is all the different styles that you can get and to see that reflected in sort of the Camden Fringe programme, as well as around other Fringe festivals uh, in the UK, is just is brilliant. And you usually get really good audiences. Have you got any top tips for people? Because obviously you need a good audience so that you can get the great suggestions. You need to be really clear on what your product is that you're selling. And I think that's where we've been really good in the, in the past in that we know what the show is. We can easily describe it to people. So even if you're flying people outside the venue or you're walking around before the show up to tables, it's really easy to sort of sell the show to them. And I think we also, we bombard every different type of uh, marketing avenue that there is as well. So we do flyers, posters, we're on Twitter, we Facebook, everything we can think of and put time into uh we do as a group do you all take responsibility for some of the marketing yeah we all do a little bit of uh, everything so paul does all of our tweets and uh always struggles each year to find something new to say <laughs> and then in previous years we've also done some videos so we've had different people shoot the video uh, as a little trailer as well and as far as he's also our sandwich board king so in the very first year we sort of made a homemade sandwich board with our poster on and got him to walk around Camden before the show and we brought in a lot of people didn't we Svava from that yeah that was surprisingly successful that is a good tip and no one's mentioned sandwich board so far more sandwich boards I say 
thank you so much for your time. Do you want to give us a plug for the show? Yeah, so we're on um, the 18th and 19th of August at the Aces Mates Comedy Club. That's at 9.30pm. And then the following weekend, we're at the Camden Comedy Club on the 25th and 26th uh, of August. And uh, again, 9.30pm. Javier and Gary, thank you very much for joining us from the Just Us League. Yeah, we're in, we're in the Justice League HQ right now. That's right. Slash Hard's basement. Yeah. How long have you known each other? I'm interested in your relationship. Our origins, origin story. Uh, Orangey not, story. Yeah, maybe at 10 years we've known each other. So we first met, let's, let's say 2013. I think maybe 2012. I think it's actually 2011. Anyway. No, I think you're right, 2011. Oh, it was 2011 because you know what? That, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I can do this, I can do yeah, this. Yeah, the date is the most important part of this story. It is. It's no, because I remember bit. one Edinburgh. I just, I think it was my first Edinburgh on my own and I didn't know anyone else. <laughs> I didn't know anyone else and I ran into Gary and he went, you're all right, mate. And I suddenly realised I hadn't talked to a human that was in an audience and in edinburgh as we all know audience members are hard to come by (laughs) so i hadn't talked to a human in about five (laughs) weeks i was just a shell of a man so and i was like hello mate how are you and you know when you say to someone how are you and you don't you know it's not a question and he was like i'm a bit lonely yeah he was so sincere i just had to tell him the truth yeah Yeah. but we first met on a car journey to a gig in Nottingham. we're both uh, stand-up comedians as well and we were doing a car share of comedians up through a gig in Nottingham and out of the five people in the car we liked each other the most so we yeah, thought yeah. Well, let's keep this romance going yeah yeah we did rank everyone else how much we liked in the car and by the end they hated us <laughs> <laughs> and do you both still do stand up I mean Harv definitely does yes Gary's been branching out also into a bit of puppet stand up comedy oh. I do actually yeah I've started doing a character called Pete Monster who's a disgraced Muppet and he has been doing a bit of the stand up circuit yeah. But it's hard to find gigs where they're like, yeah, we'll have a Muppet on. What does your puppet look like for that? I can show you, um, but it's a podcast. <laughs> we could do an audio description, couldn't we? Okay, let me... Gary fumbles through his phone, quickly searching for an image of his puppet stand-up comedian character. Hang on, he's not far, he's not far. Keep, keep, Gary keep gets talking. frustrated, scrolling through the phone, testing the, the patience of everyone involved in the podcast. You know when you kind of scroll through photos and you realise how many photos you just take in your life? Mm. Gary realises how meaningless the photos <laughs> on his phone are. <laughs> meaningless here we go oh it does look like an actual muppet so he's orange he's got an orange beard he's got a fair isle sweater on he's got a little black beanie he's got a monobrow so is he a one-off design yeah I, i paid a guy in america to make him and send him over i think i did it in the middle of lockdown and i paid like 500 quid for this puppet i didn't even know if comedy was coming back 500 quid. Because we had wow. nothing else to spend our money on then. <laughs> I hope he's made that back in gigs. Oh, mate, he's lost me so much money. He's lost me up to £800. <laughs> Does he have a voice? Yeah, he's like a gruff American voice like that. It was like seeing Kermit the Frog with no clothes on, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is he's a disgraced Muppet in that he got fired from Sesame Street for... Um, his um, addiction. His addiction to cocaine. Yeah. And the rumours about him in, in the, the Fraggles. We can't, we can't go into that. Yeah, we can't go into that. At Camden, you were doing a show together. Is it easier to improvise with two of you than it is with a larger group of people? Yeah. I mean, I think with an improv scene, if you're in trouble, you can kind of look at your, your teammates and kind of give them a little, oh, help me, and someone else will come out. 
And that can happen once in a two-prov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, no one is off stage at any point yeah. in a two-prov. We're both on stage. But then we know how to make each other laugh. We can kind of read each other. We started the two-prov in 2015. Yeah. That was our first gig. Yeah. So we were already mates for four years at that point. Yeah, I think that makes it easier. Also, logistically, a lot easier. Yes, you, you don't like, have to be polite. Like a lot of time in a large improv group, you can kind of see someone hanging on the side, kind of like just getting that impulse to go on. But they look at the other team members and go, oh, they haven't been in a lot of scenes. So I'm going to hang yeah. back. You don't get any of that with a true prof. I don't want to cut them off. Cut them off. Yeah. Always cut them off. Always cut off improv. And do you practice in your basement? No, we don't do that anymore. N- not improv, but lots of other stuff. Yeah. What other stuff? Um, Jedi sword fights or lightsaber battles. Yeah. Roly polies, we practice a lot of, oh, sorry, forward rolls if you're yeah. from in other parts of the world. In yeah, the if you're in the biz. Uh, guitar. Practice podcast interviews quite a lot. Yeah. Um, everything mm-hmm. we're saying right now is being meticulously rehearsed. It's been vetted. And can you describe for us the premise of your show? So our show is called Nothing, Nowhere, None of the Time. And it is uh, an improv show where we talk to the audience and we find out what decisions they've always not necessarily regretted, but wondered what the outcome would have been had they have taken a different path. And we look at the many multiple different realities that could have happened had they made that slightly different choice. That's right. Seeing what branches off and creates a new multiverse of that audience's choices. Yeah. Is it just one audience member that you speak to and you base the whole thing around that? No, we flit all between them. No, we are more involved. As an improv we are married to nothing. <laughs> we will ditch anything at the oh, top of a hat yeah. if it's not working. So expect we, a lot of hats dropped. We do improv like we hate doing improv. We will burn it to the ground. Yeah. You, know, you know how some improvisers are like, oh, how can I save this scene? We're like, take it out the back. You're out of here. Put a bag on its head. Yeah. And throw it into a river. Yeah. Start a new scene. Exactly that. Wow, you're renegades. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. Or lazy improvisers. I don't know which one you want to go with. (laughs) Have you got like an ideal audience member? Someone that brings friends. Yeah. Someone really popular. Yeah. Someone with like 20 friends. And if one of their friends could have 30 friends, that would, oh my God. The Pied Piper is our key demographic. Do you find there are people who are like too keen to give you suggestions? Those are the people you need to stay away from in improv shows. Anytime there's audience interaction involved in any show, if someone is too keen, you need to move on and find someone else. Basically the front row. Don't talk to the front row. Not an improv show. We're we're savvy. And even then, you've got to be cautious of the second row because sometimes they know. Yeah. And they'll sit in the second row. Yeah. So, yeah. You've got to be like, someone at the back. Yeah. You've got to find someone that looks slightly reticent to be there and just kind of like not one over yet. So, essentially, my dad... Is there anyone that you would ban from your show? Oh, if you think Andrew Tate has a point, don't come to our show. Yes. I mean, that's. I think that goes for Camden Fringe. Hey, there yeah. we go. There we go. Spirit of the Fringe. In fact, Andrew Tate is banned from all of the shows. And I know he's a big fan of the Fringe, but yeah, he, yeah. He's, not, he's not allowed to come. Exactly. That's why I saw he was doing um, Wandsworth Fringe Festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fringe And where are you on at? Excellent question. We are on Bill Murray on the 9th, 10th and 11th of August at different times because we've got different times. On the Wednesday at 6 o'clock, on the Thursday it's 9.30 and on the Friday it is 6.30. Because like we said, consistency is not our strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got given a multiverse of options. Yeah. Give us all of them. You should just be glad we're not in different venues in different cities. 
can we give a shout out to the guys that made our website for us? Give them a shout out because there'll be other people listening to this who want a website. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they're called Super Digital and they gave us a spiel to read. But in the spirit of not being consistent, we have not learned it. But they are called Super Digital. Their office is based in an abandoned airport, which I think is the coolest thing. Yes. So if they're, when they're not making websites, they're plotting to take down superheroes. Yes. And go and check out our website. If you like it, check out Super Digital. They're wonderful people. League. Just Us League, not the Justice League, the Just Us League.co.uk. Anything else you want to say about your show? Come watch the show, please. Tickets are going incredibly fast. When you think about how much time there has been in history. Uh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be fast paced. It is, it's going to be fringe. It's going to be Camden fringe. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they're, they're all so lovely, aren't they? Very nice, very nice. I'm a bit sad we didn't get any female improvisers on, but, you know, that was just the way the cookie crumbled. I wonder if it's a male-dominated thing. Yeah, do you do you think it is? No, I mean, there is a whole improv troupe doing Camden Fringe, I think, for the third year this year, called Michelle. All women? No, but quite a lot of them are women. They're a big troupe. Well, we'll have to make the um, next episode all ladies. Let's do an all ladies episode soon, because the next episode is Rob from Everything Theatre, who's got more tips on contacting the press he is a member of the press he's one of the people that you want to be inviting to your show so he's going to tell you how he wants to hear from you and when and why you should definitely listen to that one thanks for listening goodbye goodbye